0: Your Michigan football questions answered on the Michigan Mailbag. Right here, Locked on Wolverines podcast. You are locked on Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Happy, I was going to say Thursday. It's not actually Thursday. It's supposed to be Thursday. It's Monday. Happy Monday. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Sometimes no days, sometimes all days. Twice a day. That's where we're at. Uh, I'm your man on the ground as a whole publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we are, as promised, doubling up uh, on this Monday evening. And we are doing the Michigan Mailbag uh, today. If you don't, if you didn't watch the episode before that was posted And you want to know, why is this happening this way? It's because I just was not in the house, except for basically to let Zuri out and sleep last week. Uh, So uh, we are back and doing it. So we're going to do, without further ado, because we have tons of your questions. We're going to start with our Victor's Valiant, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. Say Michigan loses two coaches next year to head coaching opportunities. What other coaches around the country would you be interested in Harbaugh bringing in? I don't know. I don't... Here's the thing. I don't follow a lot of what other teams are doing to that type of granular detail. I just don't. Um, I'm sure it would be someone like what we've seen him do. Because he could also get someone from the NFL, right? It's not just college. Now, the NFL guys haven't always worked out, right? Matt Weiss wasn't like this ace recruiter, you know? But... Jesse Minter who has done college and Mike McDonald were, are good enough at what they've done that, you know, that's been fine. I think it also depends on what the positions are um, and who ends up being all the analysts. Cause I don't think we have full clarity of who all the analysts are going to be at this juncture. Uh, this is around the time that you start seeing a lot of guys coming in and certainly Michigan is hired analysts that could go. Uh, So I I think it's very highly dependent on the position group, right? And and you could say Sharon Moore being one of them, and who knows if it would be Jesse Minter. Those are the two that are certainly rumored the highest. If you're Michigan, I think that you need to do everything you can to keep one of those guys. I would say probably more so Minter than Moore. Um, Just not, but not because I'm down on Sharon Moore. It just seems like, It's a lot, you know. Jim Harbaugh's got the offensive uh, prowess, and uh, Jesse Minter seems like he is running a more complex system to some degree, right? If you're watching on video, if you're wondering why I'm staring off in the other direction instead of towards the computer screen, it's because it started raining really heavily. I'm very confused. So yeah, I think it really very much depends on who Michigan is losing. I I don't. You can't just sit there and say. well, they, they lost a couple coaches. Who are you gonna bring in? Well, they should go and get this guy. Well, they might not lose that guy, right? And I just don't really have, I don't follow uh, other teams' coaching staffs to that granular of a detail generally. So that would be my answer, unfortunately. Josh Bara, Jadike, MSU rivalry has gotten toxic recently. Do you cool it off? Do you think the Big Ten should make Minnesota replace them as a protected rivalry game? Uh, the Little Brown Jug is the oldest t- trophy in the sport. I mean, yeah. Regardless if it's Minnesota or not, I I it's you would understand more, I think, if if you were even in my shoes. I feel like even us in the media have a feeling of dread as we approach that game every year now because it's not fun to cover. It, it used to be like, "Oh, it's a rivalry. All right, let's get this going." Right? Ohio State isn't necessarily fun always, but at least at least, it, you know, it's a much more big anticipation, whereas with MSU, I feel like that week, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop one over one or the other. Michigan won that game this year, right? And I did not walk away with that feeling. Walked away, you know, there was no, not even during the game th- did I have this, like, feeling of, like, man, I'm going to get home, I'm going to do a post-game podcast, and people are going to be excited. It just has this, bit, like... Like, almost like demonic over undertones to it, right? (laughs) Like, something off about that game. So, yes, I think that it would be awesome if it was no longer on the schedule for a while until cooler heads could prevail. If it's Minnesota that replaces them, cool. If it's someone else, whatever. I would like to see a full turnover of at least these players before they play again. And then... Reconvene. None of y'all have played either, any of the others of y'all. That's what I think should happen personally. It's not gonna happen though. My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at M Wolf 21. Do you think foresee any uh special offensive package for Alex Orgy? I think it's I, I would imagine so. I mean, dude is built like a linebacker. Um I don't have anything more than that, but we'll see. What would your dream metal show lineup be, assuming two uh, openers and a headliner or one opener and a co-headline show? It's not going to be anything that's popular with anyone here. <laughs> but It would probably be something like... All right. My headliner would be North Lane, which is probably a band that I've, only I have heard of. Um, my opener... One of the openers would probably be Tesseract, which is another band that probably only I have heard of. And then the third one would probably be like Oh Sleeper, which would be another band that only I have heard of. I might replace Oh Sleeper with Metallica for nostalgia's sake. Or, you know what? No, it would probably be Corn. It would be Corn, because that's also nostalgia's sake. So you know what? Maybe it would end up being more closer to like. So I would have my like metalcore one, which is one first one I mentioned. My other one would probably be like, corn with Metallica opening and Slipknot opening. Ah, uh, that'd probably be it. Or well, you know, maybe maybe instead of Slipknot, maybe it'd be Taproot, old school Taproot, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jared Montague, drummer, went to. Went to Michigan. So did, I think, Phil Lipscomb did too, their bassist. Uh, Jimmy Whitner. Jimmy Whitner won. Who is the most likely commit this upcoming visit weekend? Obviously, now we already know uh, that it is... um, Why am I blanking? Dominic Nichols. Um, We know that uh, Michael Luini, who's from the weekend before, is announcing uh, later this week. And, uh, but out of the guys who actually visited, I I would, I don't know that the timeline would be like quickly here, but, uh, Jacob Smith and, uh, and, uh, Gatlin bear, I think are probably both very likely to be in this class. Number two, what are the chances that Michigan finishes with the number one big 10 class this cycle? I'll say 50, 50, they need to be able to pull in a couple guys, right? They need some surprises. I think. Justin Scott or Ryan Wingo. Um, I think if they can do something like that and make everyone else take everyone else that's like four star along the way, high four stars, which right now everyone that looks like they're in the class is probably that, then I think that they could out they could beat out Ohio State. Uh, number three, which you think will be a better game to attend in person this year, Minnesota or Nebraska. Minnesota was, I don't think I'm going to say Nebraska on both. I was going to say, Minnesota's going to be the better game, but Nebraska's the better atmosphere. And I think Nebraska might end up being both, better game and better atmosphere. Nebraska is just one of the coolest atmospheres ever. I kind of hope that's a night game, even if it makes my life not fun. KRT at farmerk four who ends up being a higher draft pick this year, Cormor Edwards, who will be your RB1 after they're both gone? Um, hard to say on RB1 if they're both, after they're both gone, because Jordan Marshall could come in and be that guy right away, potentially. I think he's got that type of skill set and that ability. Um, and, but you know, could be, could be any, you know, Benjamin Hall, could be Cole Cabana, could be, um, heck it could be C, I mean, CJ Stokes, who I think is going to surprise a lot of people, to be honest. We're not talking enough about him. As far as a higher draft pick, I, I, I. I think it's going to be quorum, but Edwards, I think could be, it, you know, just because of his catching ability, depending on what Michigan does. It all is very depending on if Michigan really airs the ball out and Edwards is a recipient of that. Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph 2156. Not sure if you know the answer to this, but what happens on a t- typical official visit weekend? Like what do the kids and parents do? I honestly don't fully know. Like, cause he- here's the thing. I mean, they'll all say kind of the same things and you know, it's like, Oh, we, you know, you know, we met each other like that. You know, obviously, they get in, they go to their hotel, they got a bunch of stuff there. They go to, go to Shenbeckler Hall, they meet with the other, you know, the current commits and recruits, and um, as well as the uh, the current players. They usually shadow a player. Uh, the parents get to meet with the coaches, the players meet with the coaches. Uh, sometimes there's film breakdowns, they all have their meeting with Jim Harbaugh. Um, different, it's sometimes tailor made though, and then certainly there's. There's a lot of communal and then individual things, and, and the individual things are kind of dependent on what they feel like that kid needs to see, but that's about the best I can do with that. Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore, finishing us out in segment one, which is more likely. JJ breaks overall yardage or passing touchdowns this year? My thoughts are passing touchdowns would be a bigger indicator of a successful year. Um, I don't know passing touchdowns offhand. What is it, 33? I feel like I'm probably way off. Um as far as the um I don't want to close that window here. Uh as far as uh the the passing yards, it's three thousand three hundred and thirty one. I know that one by heart. Um so I, I think that one I mean we're again, if they play fifteen games, that's like two hundred and twenty yards a game. That ain't much. But uh as far as the so we're looking it up here. Passing touchdowns, single season. It's actually 25. I still think it's going to be the passing yards. Because the problem with Michigan is they don't always finish with a long pass play. And if they don't, they're not going to throw it again. They're going to run it. So I'm I'm going to stay with the, uh, I think it would be easy, right? Shea Patterson was just a couple behind, 23, 4th behind uh, Elvis Gerbach, Chad Henney, and John Navar uh, tied with Chad Henney with, uh, for one another Henney re- uh, season. So right there. It's, it's, I just don't think Michigan. I think Michigan, again, that's what the, the issue is. A lot of those touchdowns are going to come on the ground. All right. We're going to continue on here in just one moment. Before we do if you want to get into the comfort kingdom and i've got just the thing for you bird dogs is revolutionizing comfort when it comes to your pants and shorts whether you're looking for something dressy for the gym going out to the lake this summer or anything in between bird dogs has you covered you will look and feel better wearing bird dogs and they allow you the versatility of going from the beach or the golf course right to dinner right to your next meeting whichever you want to do take my guy bert kreischer the machine He wakes up at his lake house, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills, chills with his family, all in his summer shorts. And you know he's not wearing a shirt. It's just those shorts. He's only wearing bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. And they'll throw in a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. All right, we've got a bunch left here. We are moving on. I think the last time I said Victor's Valiant, it was leaders and bests the last time. Victor's Valiant for the, this is, sometimes the speaking thing, not great for me. I, I applaud all of you for, for powering through on this multi-year adventure of me speaking to you, because a lot of times it just is a disaster. Uh, so, going from the leaders and best to the Victor's Valiant, Jim and Jim in the North. Are the uh, the Georgias really that far beyond Michigan? Why do we keep getting hammered in the first round? Talent scheme. Well, Michigan only got hammered in the first round once, and that was against Georgia, and they had the best defense uh, out there, and pretty much that we they were like the eighty five Bears, right? Um, Michigan didn't really get hammered last year. I mean, yeah, first half they they didn't look good, but that was in you know between all of it. It was a mixture of mistakes and hubris and unforced errors and bad calls. I'm not trying to take away from TCU with the bad calls part, but I mean, that was a touchdown that got called back and then Michigan fumbled the ball. There's the mistakes. Two pick sixes. You take, just take away one of the pick sixes, Michigan wins the game if you're just looking solely at the score, not in the ebb and flow of the game but they only got hammered really by Georgia. Pick six has made a difference. The hubris made a difference. A lot of that stuff this last year. Um, no shame in losing to the national champion like Michigan did two years ago. And there's a little shame by, you know, losing to a team that got hammered by the national champion. So I don't think Michigan's necessarily that far behind. Uh, we'll find out if Michigan does what it's supposed to do. Because I just think that now Michigan has talent, scheme, experience. All those things you need. Anton Sesmeta Mangala at Bengala. Mangala. Imagine this. Each Power 5 conference gets a group of five pair. You then relegate or promote one or two teams at the end of the season in college football only. Let's ignore any actual logistics of doing this for the sake of the thought experiment. Which conference would you pair with? The Big Ten. What about the other conferences? I'd make them regional because it would be stupid to be... I like the idea, by the way. It would be stupid to be like, yeah, Big Ten Sunbelt. Belt. Cause then suddenly you might have, have a one random game down South. Whereas why would, you know, the big 10 would never go out of region or imprint. Yeah. That's sarcasm, but I would try to keep everything in the Midwest as possible. Um, So I would make that with, you know, a couple of the Mac, right. That, you know, that would be the, the obvious one. Um, And certain, or I mean, the, the American could work too. The thing is, the American's kind of all over the place. What I would probably do is say Mac for the Big Ten, Sunbelt for the the SEC, Conference USA for the ACC, American for the Big 12, and the Mountain West for the Pac-12. I think that makes all the sense in the world, personally. Flex Luther at 20 Roar. Could you speculate on Sharon Moore's next step as a head coach? Which conference is Penn State going to challenge the big two this year? Ohio, Michigan versus Ohio State, who you got this year? I've been pretty adamant since November. I think Michigan will win again against Ohio State this year. Uh, Penn State, I do think, is going to challenge. I think Penn State is – they've got the talent. And the question is, will the coaching do it? And th- is their style of talent – Good enough? Is it like built enough to be able to take down Michigan and Ohio State? I think they'll challenge. I still think they'll be 10 and 2, assuming everything, right? The rest of the schedule, non conference and whatever. Um, Sharon Moore, I mean, he's been spoken of very highly. And I guess we'll just see how he balances being the sole offensive coordinator and offensive line coach in one year. If he does that and he does well, I mean, he gone. Unless Michigan's like, yeah. I don't know where, right? It could be, you know, power five. If I were him, I'd hold out for that power five. And I wouldn't just take like a Maryland or Virginia or something like that. I would go, you know, you look at like the offensive coordinator from Ohio State at one time, Tom Herman, went to Texas. Hold out for something good. James Kovalevsky at Coach underscore Kovo. Do you think the transfer portal and NIL initiatives, like one more year fund, make traditional high school recruiting rankings less indicative of success? I can. I mean, the the one more year thing, because certainly you'd rather have a Michael Barrett in his sixth year. You're not always going to have six year guys, but you know, rather have Michael Barrett in his sixth year than some you know random linebacker that you that you know is a middling four star because that guy's going to pay dividends right now. Uh, anyone doing a composite of high school recruiting rankings, transfer ratings, and draft worthy returners to get an overall off season ranking. I don't really know what you mean by that. I mean, 24, seven sports, as far as I know, like, are you talking about all together? They do have a talent ranking. It just doesn't out yet. Um, I'm not talking about the recruiting. I'm talking, talking about the overall on team talent ranking. Uh, All right, Clark at Blue for Life 8. Would you like to see Michigan use Orgy in a goal line package like early Tebow, or would you prefer to just keep JJ in the game? So this is less than what do I think they'll do and what do I, you know, what might they do or what should I prefer they do? I would like to see, yeah, I'd like to see Orgy in there. But I'd like to see him throw just as much as I'd like to see him run because I think he throws just as well. And I think that that would be good and a good way to get him, keep him happy and in case that he, they need him to start the next year. So I, I, I think I would be interested to see it. So it depends on the situation though. I don't want it to be like, we're going to put him in Michigan's down by six against Ohio state with 30 seconds left. JJ's in there. I, I, I Don't be too cute in the wrong moments. You know what I mean? Mike Hamlin at hamstand 87. Do we have to maybe accept JJ's play is a bit more risky? Absolutely. <laughs> Similar how we lived and died in the playoff with him putting the game on his shoulders. Absolutely. Now, that said, he can still hone it in more, right? Like, a guy like him, I mean, I'm not calling him Joe Burrow. Relax, anyone out there. But, like, someone that's going to pass the ball for a lot of yards is going to be more risky. It's just that's what it is. The Woody Hayes saying, right? Two things can happen when you – three things can happen when you throw the ball and two of them are bad. If you throw the ball more and more, that's going to happen more and more. So, yeah, it's definitely risky, especially when you're a guy that's, like, trying to open things up. But it's – you know, Brett Favre was risky. Aaron Rodgers is risky. Pat Mahomes is risky. But they make plays because they honed most of them, not necessarily Brett Favre because he was an interception machine honed a lot of uh, what he was able to do to protect the football as much as possible. Mark Z at Mark Zimke. Have you ever spoken to a player about the impact of early playing time on special teams and how it would it had on their career? A lot of players end up burning red shirts while only playing special teams. So I'd be curious to see if you've ever heard anything positive about it. I mean, in passing, they all say like, you know, get, you know, get over a lot of the, the anxiety that kind of comes with playing in the big house. Uh, I mean, they want to be on the field. They want to help the team. And so, yeah, I, it, I think it depends on the player, right? Uh, but uh, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about it, and I've never heard anyone speak at length about it. I guess that's something I could ask at one point. Rich Nelson at Rich Nelson 1, which running back do you think wins the number three spot behind Corman Edwards among Khalil Mullings, CJ Stokes and Benjamin Hall? The Stokes' fumble versus Maryland or Mullings' goal line giveaway factor into Mike Hart's decision? I would say no on either of those, uh, but I would say that I've been saying Benjamin Hall, but I kind of forget about CJ Stokes. Khalil Mullings, I feel like, is a very exciting, like, he's way more exciting than I think people are giving him credit for. Right now, with my mindset at this moment, it's CJ Stokes. I'm going to oscillate between all three depending on the week. But right now, I'm going to say CJ Stokes. Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell OA, which of these things must take the biggest step for this offense to become truly unstoppable? Harbaugh more trusting JJ to take risks, big risk for the, or risk for the big payoff, the wide receivers being more reliable or JJ hitting an higher percentage of deep balls to push the DBs back. I mean, in a combination of two and three, I think Harbaugh and more trusts JJ. They, they've trusted him. They took big risks. Uh, it was periodic for a while, but certainly by the Ohio state game, he was taking big risks. Um, as far as I think you need the wide receivers to be more reliable in order to hit the bigger deep balls. So that's just that. So two and three is a combination of them. Dan Walton at 3D Walton. Number one, thoughts on the way you would fix or control NIL? Um, I don't know. It's such the wild west. I don't even know. I'd, I'd almost just be like, all right, you know what? Everybody become Miami. Just go nuts. Have fun. <laughs> I don't know that you're going to fix it because you can't really necessarily prove with the way things are. Like, I mean, guys should be getting benefits, right? Like I am going to an NIL event. It's not an event, but an NIL, something that guys are getting paid NIL for, right? But they're doing work and then they're getting paid. And that's probably not the case. So, in a lot of cases, it's probably like, yeah, you're gonna get this. So, certainly, we shouldn't be hearing about guys getting like a ten million dollar or anything before they sign anywhere or have proven themselves in any way. Number two, my daughter Abby is a huge Star Wars fan. She wants to know what your favorite lightsaber battle in the series uh, is in the series. Hers is Ahsoka versus Vader in from the Rebel series. I mean. <laughs> Uh, not not to say, you, uh, yeah, that one's probably it. Um, I would also say at the end of Clone Wars, the um, I, I got spoiler, I guess. Uh, her versus Darth Maul. Uh in um uh, in Mandalore, that would be the the other one. But yeah, I mean that's hard to beat. That I've I've pulled up that Ahsoka Vader scene on YouTube just to watch it on, in and of itself a couple times here and there. I'm not the one at William Cawthor. 9. What happened to Isaiah Gash? Honestly, I don't really know. But it, yeah, career-ending surgery, unfortunately. Especially after he just got on scholarship. He's been spoken up really highly. Uh, but we haven't talked to anyone since that happened, so I don't know. And I haven't dug into it personally. Me looking at schedules in the college football of teams that are projected to compete for a playoff spot. No one has a truly daunting schedule. Do you really think Michigan can afford to lose a game? Well... It it all depends, right? Like if if they win at every you know beat everybody except for Ohio State or Penn State, and the other one of those teams wins out, then yeah, uh, I think they can. Georgia doesn't have a tough schedule. Ohio State has a tough first schedule. Um, they keep in mind they play Notre Dame, Uh, Alabama. Uh, I mean Alabama's schedule is essentially like kind of tough, kind of not they play at usf which is bizarre they're not gonna lose that but yes it depends on who they lose to and how they lose to be honest um tyler at t underscore force one first time in a long time still listening though good to hear it uh jj over under at 33 31.5 passing yards I'm just going to keep going over every year until it happens. I'm going to go over. Blake Corum over under 18, 18.5 rushing yards, uh, which I'm guessing is offhand the uh, the single-season rushing record. Yep, by Tim Biakabatuka in 1995. I'm going to go under. I just don't think he's going to get that many opportunities to get that much. Michigan over under 13.5 total wins. I'm going to go with over. I think they'll – I'm – I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they went 15-0. Wouldn't surprise me. Leon Adams at LL Adam ending fin- uh, se- for segment two. Finishing, I can't, I can't speak, sorry. Should we be concerned that TCU exposed holes in our defensive scheme or was it just a bad day? I think it was just a bad day. You have to keep in mind, like, what Michigan was trying to do was almost working. Send everything at Max Duggan, force him into pressure, and try to put him behind the sticks. The problem was a lot of times they did that. He would be halfway down and would make a play. It was just an amazing day for him, unfortunately. Some quarterbacks are going to do that. Michigan was also behind the eight ball a lot of times. And guys were missing plays that they don't normally miss. So I think it was just a bad day. But still, learn from it. So it's fine. All right, we're going to continue on. We've got plenty more, but we're going to try to rush through. we don't want this to go too long. So we'll do that here in a moment. Comment for Jimmy Whitner. I've I've got Zuri who's been standing here for more than an hour now, almost two. She has not gone and laid down. She has stood here, circled around my legs under the desk. Uh, if you've seen me, if you're watching and you see me like make like a weird wince, it's because her cold nose is touching my knees all of a sudden. This dog is part of the podcast. I hope you all know she is restless and she does not want to not be a part of it paul h lauren at Paul h Lauren no five stars well Jaden Davis is still a five star i know twenty four seven sports dropped him to thirty five then but he's still a five star in the composite still a five star I believe in on threes composite um they i still i've been saying I still think they'll finish with you know another one just it matters on who it is right now. There's one guy, which we'll talk about here in a moment, that I think uh, could be a candidate that I wasn't really counting on. Luke from class at Luke Zachary. Is Mish- McCarthy coming back in 2024? If not, how much will we regress? Um, well, I'm guessing you don't watch or listen to the show very often because I say, like every other episode, <laughs> that I don't know, but I feel like he's the type of guy that would come back in 2024. How much will, would Michigan regress? I don't know. It depends on the development of Davis Warren, Alex Orgy, Jaden Denegal, How quickly Jaden Davis can develop? I'd imagine there would be some regression. But keep in mind, if J.J. McCarthy does not come back in 2024, chances are he had an incredible season. Conan uh, Denovics. I can't really, I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm sorry. Uh, I've noticed you've become more of a fan as of later, so it seems do you think that's because the team's expectations have become more exciting. Or am I just reading too much into what you say? I think you're just reading too much into what I say. I'm just I'm being a little bit more fan facing and giving a little bit more of my thoughts. I think that I might have not held you know held back before. Um, I I assure you, I'm not. I was gonna say I'm not buying Michigan gear, but I I did buy uh, the home field joggers. If you have never worn the home field joggers, by the way, they are the most comfortable. They're like wearing a hug. So I implore you, get some. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not really more of a fan um, or anything like that. I'm still, unfortunately, just kind of slightly detached. Then um, I don't really obsess over Michigan football at all the way I used to. So. That's hard to, to to really think of myself as a fan. I mean, I want Michigan to win. Makes life better for all of us. You listening? Me talking? Uh, I But I'm not, like, out there, like, rooting for it either, per se. So I think it's partially that Michigan's just doing better as well. Side note, huge fan of the work you put in for us fans. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate it, Conan. I really do, and I'm sorry for butchering your name. Silver Vampy at Silver Vampy back in 2019. It seems like the... Uh, to be the last scrum style interview of players during game week. I miss those. Do you where players were surrounded by you and others asking them questions? A hundred percent. We got so much better stuff. They say it's coming back. We finally, we finally like kind of all got the, the gall to be like, Hey, is, can we do that again? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we want to do that again. So I think it's coming back this year, but yes, so we got better stuff. We got more stuff. A lot easier to cover the team. You could get one-on-ones a lot easier. You could go off on tangents that you can't really do at the podium. They're not giving canned responses as much. So, ah, uh, hopefully. I miss it so much. Cover just, covering the team is so much better when you get to have that. Especially when it's not a scrum of just one guy and all of the media. If they can get us a couple guys at once, we can choose who we go to. Yeah, you might miss out on something. And you might have FOMO, but uh, it it just makes it way better for us for the fans, everybody. Uh, Luke Baird at Luke Baird 2016. It feels unfair to say this so early, but I feel as Michigan's O line this year may actually be an improvement to last year. Thoughts, Isaiah? I, I do think it could be because it's, I mean, you've got two guys, three guys that essentially could have improved, uh, in uh, Zach, t- uh, Trevor, and uh, Carson, I mean, and Trente. Eh? I mean, I, I don't want to not include Trente eh, either. A uh, bunch of guys that certainly could have improved year over year. Uh, I think Ladarius Henderson could be a big step up. You've got other guys who should be even better than, than they were if they needed Giovanni Elhadi, and then you've got, um, and then you've got uh, guys like uh, Miles Hinton and Drake Nugent. Nugent, I mean. You heard Max Chadwick say it on this program from PFF. you he thinks he's the best center in the country. So, yeah, I do think it could be better. I think they could just be they, – they could be the same version of offensive line that, uh, that like, Georgia's defensive line was in 2021, 20, honestly. Walter Wise at Walter Wise. Where will they put the Natty Trophy? In Schembechler Hall. Probably a place where all the recruits can see it. DB 5K09 what percent chances out of 100 would you say that any of our committed O-line uh O-line would decommit um I don't know I'm not going to speculate on that I don't uh, I think they're probably all in to be honest and that's fine William Castleman at WGC 3417 I know it's unlikely but what would need to happen to one Michigan taking three running backs in reference to Taylor Tatum Tatum's not coming number 1 number 2 for to get both Aaron Scott and Bryce West keep in mind he also had mentioned uh that I I should mention this was you know asked before the weekend that was um but uh obviously they they probably aren't getting Bryce West and Aaron Scott right Bryce West is already committed to uh to Ohio State say they do get Aaron Scott say that Will Campbell And whoever's opposite him just locked down the field. Looks so good. Steve Klinkscale stays. Jim Harbaugh, they signed contracts. Ohio State's defensive backs just get thrown around. Yeah, I could see there's a a potential to coerce Bryce West back in the fold. Depends on who they get in the meantime, though. Darren Graham at D underscore Graham 90. Any more news on Aaron Scott? I know this is probably the number one most frequently asked question by Michigan fans these days. Uh, No, but I mean, it seems like there's not a lot of optimism necessarily coming out of Ohio State. Any more optimism, I should say. That's going to say I'm not going to say that they aren't optimistic. I still feel like Michigan. It's going to be Michigan. That's just me. JTG 1975 at Big John UM fan 75. Is there any news of an extension for Harbaugh? Or do we have to go all through the theatrics again next year? I feel like recruiting taking off this year is a sign. Something has been communicated These these kids behind the scenes. Uh, certainly that's probably a part of it. It's, I don't think you're going to go through it again this year. N- NIL has been fixed. It's just, they're waiting on the, uh, on the NCAA stuff to get figured out. Once that's done, you'll hear a contract extension. Q at Crispy Nip. Does Michigan start to cool on Boo and Chiles uh, or do they start to try to push for a flip before signing day? Uh, Boo? No. I think they'll continue to work on Chiles. No, I think that one's done. Bye. Eric B at coachbabs 27 closing us out. What is holding Michigan back from having a stud wide receiver? Is it the way they recruit? Play calling? Uh, Play calling, probably most. Nico Collins could, probably would have been just an absolute beast at most places. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones, too. So I'd say play calling. Michigan's run first. They're going to be a little bit less run first. And then you just, I mean, a lot of these guys aren't necessarily like breaking out themselves either. So is what it is. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for coming along on our double header. If you did watch both. Uh, obviously you didn't have to but mailbag done other episode done we will be back on tuesday with one or more episodes probably one because if i do two the second one will be on wednesday so thanks for watching thanks for listening we will talk to you again soon peace